0: The reviews are in. Candor and Ebbs, The Rink is turgid, dreary, synthetic, and sour. Like eating a slightly stale piece of cake, headliners Cheetah Rivera and Liza Minnelli provide a dispiriting waste of star power in a musical described by one critic as an inverted Electra on roller skates. Don't go away. The Rink is up next on Flop of the Heap.
1: Flop of the Heap's mission is not to bash Rip pan, grill, or flambé the Broadway productions we explore.
0: Nor are we here to put performers and other artists down. More importantly, we also
1: recognize that part of the creative process is failure, and believe facing those failures with a critical but genial attitude should be the norm.
0: There can be no success without failure.
1: After all, you can't spell hopeful without flop. How's that? Better. Oh
0: my, it's like it was before. I just walked
1: through the door. Is that your impression of Liza?
0: <laughs> no one is allowed to
1: do an impression of Liza except Christine Petty. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry I'm late. Pup date. Pup date. Is Olive's final class of, um, I don't know, obedience schools, so I guess what it, you would call it? So oh. she graduated. She graduated? Yes, she graduated, which means Olive now has a degree that's about as applicable to the real world as my degree. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, hey, you going to frame this one too? Put it up on the wall? Yeah, I was very careful to carry it all the way home on the subway and not crinkle it or fold it. Good. Or anything like that so good for me yay pop dates, pup dates. Pup
0: dates.
1: <laughs> insert pomp and circumstance <laughs> yes clearly i i do love a podcast with lots of musical references in the background <laughs> uh, um if i sound different today everybody it's because i am practicing speaking in a higher register because here's the thing i'm going back to work next week and get this It is not on my list of things to do. It is not on my bucket list to be hate-crimed in a national park. That would be good if you
0: could avoid that. It's like, I get it, like, you want to commit the hate crime, but then the Statue of Liberty is there, and you're like, man, I really should.
1: I mean, she's got her back to you, so, like, she ain't looking. (laughs)
0: Maybe it's the perfect place to do it. Well, that was dark. (laughs) But that's okay, so is this show. (sighs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh God! What are you doing? What's up with you?
0: Nothing. Um, I have uh, I <laughs> I bought a beer. Um, I bought a six pack tonight the co- from Coney Island Brewing Company. Okay, uh, it's a New York IPA. And last time, uh, so there's a there's a green can called the Mermaid. Oh,
1: I'm familiar with the Mermaid. Yeah. And there's a blue can called the Merman. Oh, did you mix them together and make a non-binary mermaid? Well, <laughs> no, the
0: <that> last. <laughs> The last time I saw the Merman on a menu, having not recognized it as the Coney Island Brewing Company, I said Merman IPA. (laughs) As in the Ethel Merman IPA? As in, sure, I'll drink to (laughs) Ethel Merman, come on.
1: Uh, I didn't get a drink today because I know I'm going to be drinking every single day this weekend. Which reminds me, John... Here, before mm-hmm. me, Marla, and God, <laughs> are you going to be fun this weekend and come out to that Saturday night thing we're going to? I came out a long time ago. <laughs> 21 <laughs> years ago. Uh, um, Yeah,
0: I, uh, uh, Andy is, um, mm-hmm. has a whole plan. He has a whole weekend of adventures and appointments I'm going to go to some of them, yes. Are you going
1: to the one that I'm going to?
0: You are going to the Bryant Park uh, Take Back Pride March? That
1: I am likely going to. I'm referring to the comedy club and dance party at Littlefield. Okay, so comedy club, I'm always 100% into.
0: Dance party, very rarely, so... They
1: are uh, one in the same event, so sort your shit out. So I leave after the comedy? I think so. I think that's the way it works.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I can do that. Unless it's like stand up dance party, stand up dance party. That's a roller coaster party. In which case, I'll be got out of there in ten minutes. <laughs> well, I think I I would like to go see that. Yeah, sure. I I, I want to. Uh, my my hesitation of going to queer pride events is more about the generalized anxiety and less <laughs> about feeling uh, yeah. ashamed of my yeah my squad. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, Andy invited me, I was like. Don't have plans Saturday night. You're right, I don't. So well, he
0: he also had found a um, LGBT tour of Greenwood Cemetery, which I thought you had mentioned. You had heard about people looking for. Well, Saturday I was now.
1: supposed to give one, and then it got canceled. So or postponed, I should say.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I had uh, I sent you a few ideas of who you could put on yeah. there. Yeah.
1: Well, it'll happen in like the fall. They said it was too hot. Too hot. Come on. Hmm. We
0: just spent a year inside.
1: It's not too hot. We just spent a year inside. It's not too hot. Enjoy your
0: life. Um, When I texted you, I was going to text Ready Freddy, and then I thought that would be insensitive.
1: I don't think that's...
0: So then I said Ready Spaghetti, and that's not a thing. (laughs) It is now. (laughs) See you later, Escalator. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about tonight? The rink. We're gonna go around the rink, the rink, we're gonna go around the rink, So catchy. the rink, the rink, the rink, the rink, we're gonna go
1: around the rink. This show is probably responsible for more theater, or sorry, rather that song within the context of In the World Goes Round, the Kanderneb review, is probably responsible for more Broken Bones than any other theater song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because of the... Roller skating that must occur during- Well,
1: it's it. almost always like a community theater production. There's some poor middle-aged schmuck who's like told, Okay, we're going to go have you sing the song, and also here's a pair of roller skates. Figure it out. So, are you excited? I am. This is um, this is the first time we've ever gone after the same uh, composer-lyricist as a different episode. Oh yes. Okay, so we're we're tackling Candor and Ebb a second. Candor and Ebb, up at bat a second time.
0: Now this was uh Connor McAndrews's uh suggestion, so shout out to Connor. Hope you enjoy our trip through the rink.
1: Cue music. (laughs)
0: Hey, the rink. What? Wow. What year was it's it? Google.
1: Wait, we, we got to Google all night. We got to Google all night. It's time to. It's time to Google all night. It's time to Google all night.
0: All
1: right. So when did it? Uh, when did it open? No, 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 no. Is this when my job or your job? Con- Connor's your friend. This is your job. All right. I'm doing it. Okay. Connor. Connor will be your friend too. He just followed me on Instagram. So. Oh, good. He's delightful. You know how I discussed that. You know, maybe, maybe in the future this might not be the right name. I don't know. My Instagram sure. handle makes that impossible because the Instagram handle is just perfect. Um, the floor is Marlava. How could I ever give that up? Yes, uh, Katie commented on that
0: today. We both liked <laughs> it.
1: Okay, I'm okay. ready. I'm ready. When did it open?
0: February 9th, nineteen eighty four.
1: When did it close?
0: August fourth, nineteen
1: eighty four. Okay, how many performances? Two hundred not bad. They almost made it out of flop territory. Not bad. Over two hundred is is uh, you know uh, theater. The Martin Beck, now the uh, Hirschfeld, mm-hmm. named for the famous caricaturist,
0: mm-hmm. known for his loopy pen and ink, black and white. Star portraits. I never is describe
1: that right? them as loopy, but you're right. Loopy? They are loopy.
0: They are loopy. They're very They're so loopy. loopy. Yeah, they, not just Broadway stars, but musicians and celebrities of every ilk, yeah. really. Yeah, what an incredible
1: cartoonist!
0: My God, do you know um, who Martin Beck was? He was a theater promoter. Yes, who founded the Orpheum
1: Circuit. Oh, well, that's <laughs> um. He must have been a very rich man.
0: All about June in the Opium circuit. Give me a chance so I know I can work it.
1: <coughs> <laughs> Lots of references today. Mm-hmm. Did you know he was uh, Harry Houdini's agent? No, that, well, I feel like I should know that, right?
0: Yeah, m- Martin yeah. Beck was Houdini's agent and other celebrities of the time, and he financed m- his theater and the palace as well.
1: Palace, super important theater.
0: Mm. Um, Hirschfeld Theater recently Kinky Boots was in there for a long time
1: And Mm. Moulin Rouge is in there now Uh, Also the original home of Bye Bye Birdie, Into the Woods And The Iceman Cometh Yeah, isn't it?
0: (laughs) Martin Beck was the home of The original Bye Bye Birdie with Cheetah Then it was also the home of Bring Back Birdie with Cheetah And also the home of The Rink So Cheetah had the dreaded uh, Triple back to back Martin Beck Triple
1: flop Say that three times flat? <laughs> say that <laughs> three times fast? I can't I, I even couldn't. say that.
0: I couldn't. It's like the opposite of an EGOT.
1: Let's see. Uh, what was running that season? Ooh, nothing. Uh,
0: baby? Lakaj La- La- the full had La- opens. Lakage That was just about it. My one and only, maybe? The Zorba revival? Yeah, so. Nothing. For,
1: for the b- most part,
0: let's just say it was Lakage. Um, John Candor and Fred Ebb, Candor and Ebb, Music and Lyrics, Terrence Brief. McNally, Book.
1: You know, we wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for Terrence McNally. Oh my god, Ragtime. Yeah. What's the source material for this, do you know? I think it's original, I think it was one of only two original stories that Kander and Ebb ever did. Yeah, it started
0: as a smaller project with them. Mm. Um, and I, d- did you find anything about budget? I never do.
1: I This one I didn't. I so rarely am able to find those numbers. It was was a static set. I can't imagine it was that expensive. Though, with the salaries of the people involved. With the salaries
0: and the, yeah. So what's it most known for?
1: Well, it's most known for having both Cheetah Rivera and Liza Minnelli together in the same show. (laughs) Playing mother-daughter. Yeah. Yeah, and Cheetah
0: a, was Judy Garland. Cheetah played an Italian Judy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so let's start with. Do we start with Cheetah or Liza?
0: Let's talk about Liza first, because all in all, everybody said this was Cheetah's show, and indeed mm. the role is more central. I would say, right? Uh, to, Cheetah's to role the, to the daughter being not. I mean, equal in scope, but I don't know. I felt like Cheetah was final bow in this show, even though. Oh,
1: one hundred percent. It was, a, it was like a secondary lead for yes. Liza.
0: So since Liza was second fiddle to Cheetah Rivera's uh mother, let's start with her. Okay. Okay, so how do you how do you sum up Liza Minnelli?
1: <laughs> so I gotta say this. The since the first time I saw the cabaret movie, I always thought in that movie she was the most beautiful, sexiest f-ing person in the world. And you know what, John? That should have raised more queer red flags. Okay, question for you: Is Liza a non-queer queer icon because of her own merits, or because her mother is a non-queer queer icon?
0: Oh, it's a combination. It's her mother, uh, huh. Judy Garland. It's her. It's the. It's the Sparkles. Let's face it. Uh-huh. Um, it's her talent. It's her struggle, uh, which is the same reason that Judy was an icon in her own right. Mm-hmm. Liza is an icon in her in her own right. I mean, Liza Minnelli is the real thing. I mean, she didn't need her mother's fame to, to accomplish anything. She did mm-hmm. it all on her own, and that's remarkable. I mean, her talent is just like I mean, her character is also in, ridiculously over the top, and the woman has been through some uh, struggles. Yeah.
1: I have this quote here. I don't know if you found it uh, from Liza. She said, quote, maybe in fact, it was time to play a daughter. I've spent my whole life fighting being a daughter. Everybody else made me the eternal daughter, so daughter. I might yeah. as well play one. I mean, they've nailed me with the rap my whole life. Well, so in a nutshell, what, what is
0: Eliza Manelli? It's a bedazzled daughter of Judy Garland and Vincent Minnelli
1: mm-hmm.
0: who played Angel in The Rink. So Angel is the daughter. Anna is the mother. Anna is to Cheetah as Angel is to Liza.
1: Mm-hmm. We talked about Cheetah before. Yes, um, uh,
0: Cheetah plays Anna Antonelli, the mother. Um, we didn't really talk much about her background. You know, she's Puerto Rican and Italian.
1: Oh, I didn't know that second part.
0: Yeah, me neither. Famous, of course, for her roles in Bye Bye Birdie with Dick Van Dyke and Being Anita in West Side Story. Uh, Chicago Kiss the Spider Woman. Um, I just watched a bootleg recording of The Visit. Have you, did you see that?
1: No, I've only listened to the album, which I do like. She just... did that show when she was 82 years old, yeah. I want to say. I mean, I saw her when she was, oh, late 70s in Drood. Oh, you did. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Ugh, I mean, that woman's been consistently working in in hits and flops since the 1960s. Mm-hmm. 50s. Um, do like, we can't forget Merlin and, uh, <laughs> Bonjour.
1: <laughs> do you know that this was the first show she actually won a Tony for? Yes, that's right. She's nominated because four she... other times. Wait a minute, no.
0: She had already won for Flora the Red Menace because she did no, a Tony. No, Cheetah. For. Oh, Liza. Oh, Cheetah you're talking about. Yes. yes. And it was like big a big deal that she had never gotten the uh the Tony before. So it was yeah. like, she had to have gotten it for this. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because that's like not how awards should work really, but that's kind of how they do.
1: Yeah. Because look at who won, what's her face won, Stephanie J. Block for the share show of all f-ing yeah. things. She should have won five times before that, but you know. That's the one. I just, who knows? Um... Do you know who the, who
0: was the... Uh, okay, so Liza did not stay till the end of the run. She was covered by...
1: I didn't write it down. We never talk about replacements.
0: Stockard Channing played mm-hmm. the daughter at for the last four weeks or whatever. And their cover was Mary Testa. Isn't really? that crazy? She's incredible. Oh my god, I couldn't mm-hmm. believe that she covered Liza.
1: But there were other people in it too, right? There were... There were, uh, besides the role of Angel and Anna, mother and daughter, there were six wreckers, as in like construction wrecker and deconstruction. Yeah. Uh, so whatever. the
0: the the rink is an, a roller skating rink that the mother owns, and they grew up in, uh, the daughter group grew up in, and the daughter's been away for a long time, the place has fallen into disrepair, it's a crime-ridden neighborhood, and the mother wants to sell it and have it torn down, so the Wreckers are the six men in the cast who play men and women and every other character in the play, really, Mm -hmm. and are, you know, simultaneously removing junk from the building and preparing for demolition.
1: Yeah. And among those six wreckers, Jason Alexander, who you probably know as the spokesperson for the McDLT. <laughs> I'm
0: talking McDonald's lettuce and tomato hamburger, the McDLT. I'm talking quarter pound of beef on the hot, hot side. And the hot stays hot. That holds so much shade for Jason Alexander. I love Jason
1: Alexander. Oh my
0: God. I do too, but I think he is absolutely terrible in the brandy Cinderella. You know what? I felt like there was something about his performance that was so, like, I don't know. It's like he's angry he has to do it or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jason Alexander from a Seinfeld, I think, is probably what we need to say. George
1: just... Costanza. George Costanza, yes. You know, he's a New Jersey native. Yeah, I know. Much like Marla and I. Did you know he originally wanted to be a magician, but he was told his palms were too small? <laughs>
0: No, that's something. No, that's something you would hear on like Arrested Development or Curb Your Enthusiasm. That can't be a real thing. J- Jason Alexander wanted to be a magician, but someone
1: <laughs>
0: told him his hands were too small. He wouldn't be able to palm cards. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Where'd you hear this
1: tidbit? At the Wikipedia. <laughs>
0: That could very well be on Wikipedia. Yeah. It takes a good 48 hours before random edits are removed.
1: Uh, he oh had God. been in one Broadway show before this. He was in the original Merrily, We Roll Along, but... Yeah, he also... You Remember, did you ever see that
0: old... Uh, old? It was like a Bye Bye Birdie... Um, oh, ma- yeah, the made TV made movie? TV? Yeah, he played... With um, uh, uh, Mark Kudish's Birdie? That's right, yep. Yeah. and And it's... I don't know, that was... I don't remember if that was good or not.
1: I enjoyed it. Okay,
0: okay. Uh, How can we forget as the voice of Hugo the Gargoyle in Disney's animated classic, The Hunchback
1: of Notre Dame? You know, the funniest thing is, the most recent thing I've heard him in is a commercial, I want to say it's popping up a Pandora or something like that, where he, I'm pretty sure it's him, is voicing... Like, your dirty sweatshirt from the gym. Okay. It's like a Febreze okay. commercial or I, something. I, I can picture it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm Jason Alexander, and I'm your dirty gym
1: socks. <laughs> that, was bad, that was bad. That was bad. You're usually good at impressions. That was bad. <laughs> I'm good at lady impressions. Uh, do me. Do me. <laughs> That's pretty good. I sound nothing like that. Okay, so
0: the rule rule is
1: bad impressions are
0: cut. Good impressions remain.
1: (laughs) That's the rule. I'm never going to get an impression in on this podcast unless it's Woody Allen, then. We'll have to start talking about him more.
0: You know what? Let's not start talking about him more. Who else was a wrecker? Uh, Scott Ellis. Mm -hmm. Um, Done like five million Broadway shows. He has, yeah. Um, Ron Carroll uh, has Mm -hmm. lots of Broadway credits, including... Bigley in the 95, How to Succeed.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Scott Holmes. Rob Marshall. Oh, that's right. Who's the director of um, the Cabaret Revival, the famous Alan Cumming Cabaret Revival. Wow. Uh, He directed the Chicago film. He directed the Into the Woods film. He's got a a record. Uh, Scott
0: Ellis was, he was our associate at Roundabout for a long time.
1: So he's directed like... A shit ton of shit. (laughs) Yeah. I literally, I think I pulled up his IBDB and I went, I can't comb through this. There's so many. (laughs) Uh, There is a recording of the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, You should
0: listen to it. I'll go give that a listen right now. No revival, huh? Probably never will be. There was like a West End production, but it was shortly after the Broadway run. And Mm -hmm. I know nothing about it. Um, nominated for five Tonys. Uh, Cheetah was the winner for female. Mm-hmm. She's won the Tony three times. Yes, I think Spider Woman, and I think she has one more, but I don't think it's from a show. I think I it's, think it's um, some
1: special like a lifetime, yeah. Something like
0: that. Yeah, she has the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Whoa, oh did not I, know
1: who get what. Ob- which president? Obama? Obama, oh.
0: Kennedy Center honoree. I mean, oh God, God bless her. You know what award she's never won? A Razzie. She's never won a Cheetah Rivera Award.
1: John, what the f is a Cheetah Rivera Award?
0: Oh, that's an award uh, named in honor of Cheetah Rivera that goes to promising dancers. Oh. So, not you or I? No. No, no, no. Absolutely not. It's a show
1: about what? A mother daughter relationship. Um, And that's it. It's the whole show's flashbacks. The, the The actual plot of the show takes place within the time frame of a few hours. Yes. And the rest of the show is flashbacks
0: of moments of mm-hmm. dark, sad, awful moments. It's a little hard to digest. Yeah. I don't, like I don't think it it really knows what it what it wants to be exactly. I mean, the plot is it's supposed to be about learning to let go,
1: right? Yeah. Is the rink even real? It is based on a real New York roller skating rink. Yeah, but
0: in the context of the play, is it like a symbol?
1: No, I think it's an actual rink, John. Okay. Why else would they sing about it? Gonna go around the rink, the rink, the rink, the rink,
0: the rink. Maybe the rink is repetitive thought.
1: I think you're thinking too deep about this.
0: I can think as deeply as I want about any musical, Marla. Doesn't
1: mean I have to listen. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's kind of a skeezy show because it like it was running on Broadway in the 80s which was gross but it takes place during the 70s which was a, also gross yeah so uh, you come you come into the theater in the 80s hoping for a little glitter and glitz <laughs> and instead you get like a dilapidated rink
1: well you see Liza on the you see Liza but you also see like you're...
0: like uh, a rape scene and other yeah. horrible violent negative interactions
1: yeah It's, um, this is not the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Joyful musical. No. Some of the songs, though,
0: are really fun and funny to break the tension of all that awkwardness. But
1: the the balance is off. It makes you wonder if the show doesn't know what it wanted to be. Seemingly. Yeah. Um, so just like the bare basic plot, mother-daughter daughter Liza Minnelli has been off being a hippie for I don't know eight years something like that and she finally decides to return home she's like one of the like holdouts like all everyone's gone home from Woodstock she like sat around smoking weed for a couple more years and now she's ready to come home she comes home to the family roller rink just as the mother has sold it and is going to have it uh torn down yeah and then it's all flashbacks of the life and her childhood and
0: yeah, it's seven years.
1: I'm gonna be honest. I watched the entire, um, the entire bootleg on YouTube, and I could not follow a lot of those flashbacks.
0: No, they're not written well. Uh, the problem is certainly the book. Uh, yeah. You don't. <clears throat> you never connect with the characters, and I, I, it's hard to explain why. You know, if you had a copy of the script, you could go through and <laughs> work scenes and see what works and what doesn't. But something about it is, um, clunky, very clunky.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I think just the bare basic flashback to take away from it is that Liza's character, Angel, uh, her father was this sort of like mix of a dreamer and a deadbeat you know and he he was he was uh mentally scarred
0: from the war
1: yeah and he ran off and Cheetah rivera's character anna told liza's character that the father died he didn't and then she finds out and has like a what like a like they get back together shortly well in the flashbacks
0: you find out that Telling, you know, finding out that she had been lied to that whole time was the thing that got her out of the house to go on her journey west. Yeah. To smoke pot and sing to the moon. (laughs) We know if Liza were in the desert singing to the moon, she'd be singing New York, New York. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what state she was
1: in. And if she was was singing on the moon, she would be singing Say Yes. Uh, Sure. Which is not from the rink. It's from...
0: 70, 70 Girls 70? 70. Yep. Weird. The song seems like it would be from this show. Um, Okay, here's where the show totally loses me. There is a little girl in the cast that plays young Liza in, like, silhouette in the opening. Mm-hmm. And then returns later in the play, spoiler alert, as Liza's daughter. Um This little girl, however, doesn't play young Liza... Liza does. So, for all the flashbacks, Liza Minnelli is talking in, like, weird toddler voice and, like, (laughs) pressing
1: her thumbs together, and it's not what I want. No. As many of the reviews said, everyone expected Liza to be wearing spangles. They got no spangles. They got overalls. Yeah. Should we talk any more about the plot? Nah, it's pretty worthless. Let's move on. Really? Really? I, I, honestly, what more is there to talk about about it? Uh, let's talk about a little drama. Uh, okay, drama. Liza left the show three days before she was supposed to. Um, I, I
0: didn't know that. I yeah. knew she left early, but I thought it was all contracted. No,
1: you know the- she left three, even three days earlier than that because she had to go to the Betty Ford Center.
0: Oh, okay.
1: She's doing okay now. Great in Arrested Development.
0: She, it was great in Arrested Development. Yeah, so this was a rough time for Liza, much as it was a rough time for Lucy in our last episode.
1: mm
0: mm-hmm. um, This is, I mean, it's the 80s. It's Studio 54, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Lots and lots and lots of cocaine.
0: Yeah, lo- cocaine. And then what happens when there's cocaine all night? You're up at uh, six in the f-ing morning, and you don't go to bed till six in the afternoon the next day.
1: I didn't know that. Do you have first-hand experience, John? No, I no, I just I've heard that that's what happens. Hmm. Suspicious. Okay, moving on. Uh I don't like cocaine myself. Cocaine? Co- cocaine. Cocaine.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know. There's so many bad things about the plot that I kind of want to talk about them. Okay? Like the the dance rape? The the rape ballet? Of like the 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 villains from um, Prince of Central Park, <laughs> they're like these shadowy eighties skateboarding villains.
1: Yeah, uh, it's sort of like the bad guys from Central Park meets the guys from the abduction in Man of La Mancha. the Muleteers. Muleteers.
0: Are there. How about the sequence where after Dino leaves, the mother goes off on. Uh, like, a Dino being the father. She f- everyone in town. Okay, let's go through... Yep. Okay, here's what I want. Let's okay. go through the score, and as we go through the songs, we'll mention other random things in the plot that okay. occur. So basically, it's a story of a mother-daughter coming back together after seven years apart. S- she's selling the rink. Oh, we should mention that uh, the daughter mentions to her mother that she co-owns the rink with her mother, and then her mother confesses that she... Uh, Forged her signature So that adds a little bit of extra drama
1: Ooh, drama Where are my Colored lights Beads and bleaches And colored lights Passing smiles Round and round Thumping papa Organ sound boys through colored lights gold and amber and green. the show opens with colored
0: lights which is a song you might have heard before
1: yeah there's a few cho- songs that survived from the show mostly because of and the world goes Round.
0: yeah world goes round and Liza would sing them in her own shows yeah in, color, in the song Colored Lights, Liza appears on sitting on a suitcase in a, in a black void. Um, Chief Cook and Bottle Washer is then Cheetah's introduction song, which is a home run number. Mm-hmm. So good. And then when the two meet, the third song in the show is Don't Ah Ma Me, which is
1: also a home run. Home run. Uh, I got a lyric from that one. Yeah. You were sitting on a hill with some yippee on your lap. Talking love and life and art and all that transcendental crap. With the dope, I'm sure you smoked and a healthy dose of Coke up your nose. Up your nose. Up your nose. And for all <laughs> you ever knew, I was hustling for the rent because you only call collect maybe every other Lent. It's a good line. It's really good. While I'm bleeding in the street from some maniac's attack... You're in some Ramada Inn seeking wisdom on your back, making kibble of your brain and emancipated pain in my ass.
0: In the ass.
1: In my ass. And whose ass?
0: That is such a good song. Yeah. Um. Oh, we didn't talk about uh, a great... <laughs> my favorite lyric from the opening number, Colored Lights, mm-hmm. is like the perfect Liza impression line. Okay. When she's like, um, I was shitting on a shandoon in Santa Cruz. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. And then the next one is like, I can feel the trickle on my cheek of ocean spray. <laughs> a perfect day. Well, anyway, anyway. Okay, next. Okay, so three songs in. Everything else is garbage. Um, Bl- blue crystal is so weird. It is so weird. This song irks me mm-hmm. what is he doing he's singing about he, he's singing about goblets that he bought for her that are blue and then, like his whole shtick is like you can't just get these in a store you got to know a guy <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like blue crystal what is that about
1: i'm going to say it's an italian thing i don't know it's weird Bada bing, bada boom! I got your blue crystal.
0: You can't just walk into a store and buy <laughs> something like this. You gotta know somebody. <laughs> and then, but he's singing about like it's weird because he's that guy. He's that weird Italian mafia blowhard. Yeah. But then his lyrics are like, "Oh, uh, the the moon. I'm singing to the moon, and everything's like man in the moon and magic and glass blowers and shit."
1: John, deep down, even. People with the hardest exterior have a heart of blue crystal.
0: I don't know. It, it seemed a little shallow to me. Pedantic. Also, did you did you notice the weird finger around the rim of a wine glass sound effect in the underscoring?
1: The noise. I had to stop the music because I was like, "What? I thought it was Out somewhere in the else." Street. Yeah. yeah,
0: I thought it was coming from outside, and it's like, no, in the orchestration or in a sound effect, there's a sound of someone, like, doing that r- lip of a
1: glass sound. Hold on. i am going to grab my glass, let me see if I can do it. Okay, what do I have to do, wet this? To wet it? You
0: wet it, Wet your finger and then go along the rim of the glass.
1: Okay, here we go. It's not doing anything. Is it a anything. wine glass? No. It has to be a wine glass, it no. has to be
0: round on the inside, I believe.
1: No, it's my water glass.
0: Oh, um, it's not gonna work. Well, anyway.
1: Well, anyway...
0: Well, anyway... Uh, Well, I didn't like that sound effect at all. That whole number can eat it. And it went on for... That sound effect went on for, like, two minutes straight. It was the whole f***ing song. It was (laughs) bad. That song is incorrect. After this angel, Liza, sings Under the Roller Coaster... (sighs) Why is the song not called Familiar Things? Because it's a song about familiar things, and the lyric Familiar Things is sung a lot. Under the roller coaster is like one lyric she sings.
1: So that we know that we're under a roller coaster? Uh,
0: No, you don't see or hear it, really. Hmm. You should. You should see or hear the roller coaster.
1: So they'll give us that f***ing glass sound effect, but they won't give us a roller coaster?
0: Yeah. Then we then we flash back again, and Dino sings not enough magic, which is like him being a magician all of a sudden, and he makes a. F***ing, oh,
1: should have been Jason Alexander. He wanted to be a magician.
0: Well, right, yeah, so he probably was probably waiting in the wings, so, just crying, so jealous, just like tears streaming <laughs> My down. The sta- the, My, the bombs! stage manager every night is like, Jason, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, so not enough magic is basically an excuse for Cheetah to do some dancing, and she's mm. great in all of that, but. The way it starts is so weird. Dino makes a mirror ball appear out of a box and then it levitates into the grid. Like who this is the this is the guy who was like you got to know somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he goes he goes from mobster he, like it's the 2 seconds change. He's like mobster and then 2 minutes later he's like uh, who can take a sunrise <laughs> sprinkle it with dew. Uh okay, after this uh, Anna and Dino sing we can make it, which another is another one that survived. I, It's a good song. Yeah. Uh, Then the demo guys sing After All These Years, which is like a random mother-daughter, like, they go to take a pee break, and the demo guys sing a song together? Just to give them a break. It is a great number. But in a show with so much darkness, it's like, where, why? I guess you have to have that levity. Yeah. Angels Ring and Social Center is Liza singing about, like, wanting to save the... The rink. And upgrade it and Mm -hmm. change it into something good that could be her dream. And she tears the house down with this song. Um,
1: Then the finale,
0: the weird finale of Act One. Talk about that.
1: I literally wrote that. I wrote, not what I'd call a good Act One closer. No,
0: not at all. So I mentioned earlier that the men in the cast do some drag roles. And they're simply to play like a mother, a girlfriend, a nun, like they're, they're not, it's not purposefully done. You know, there's no reason for it except that these are the other cast members. Uh-huh. So two, so Cheetah, the mother sings it with two like female neighbors, like old lady neighbors. And it's about like what happened to the good old days. And it ends the first act. It's, yeah. that's kind of random, it's right?
1: So, okay, here's. Seems like that's a song that should be in 70 Girls. Yeah, 100%. Here's a little number from what happened to the old days. Or, sorry, here's uh, some lyrics from what happened to the old days. Tell us. Now they lock their quarters in a safe that weighs a ton. Nowadays, you look at bulging trousers, some boy with bulging trousers, and it isn't what you think it is. The bastards got a gun. Got a gun the bastard's got a gun i don't
0: want the mother character talking about teenage
1: boys boners (laughs) but okay stop stop you don't want the mother character to talk about it but do you want Cheetah rivera to talk about it no and i also don't want her to sing about this
0: after this is right after she gets beaten up by the freaking hoodlums in the alley that that sequence is is dark. Hard to watch. Yep. It's dark. She tries to climb up the freaking bridge at that one point. It's, dark. it's dark. So then she sings about what happened to the old days and then I guess that's the act one finale. Snore. Well, there's a little color, there's a colored lights reprise at the end, right? Yeah. So then <laughs> she <laughs> she's what she makes a phone call to her lawyer, is that right? Uh yeah. I think the phone call is to her lawyer, you know, because of the con- contractual dispute. It's like, you know, you really want to spice things up in your musical. You want to involve uh, the law, you know, make sure you get lawyers into the scene.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm always missing in most musicals: lawyers. I more more litigation. I mean, really. a legally blonde. Enough yeah. lawyers. Anything less than it's that, proven... not enough lawyers for my taste. Going to be honest. Okay, musicals, musicals with court. Okay, here we go. go. Um... Legally Blonde. Hello, Dolly. Was gonna be my, my what I was gonna say. Uh, producers. Producers. Parade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely the Scottsboro Boys. Okay. Yep. Um, courtroom scenes. Courtroom scenes. Uh, Chicago. Um, let him eat cake. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a court. It's more like a court martial. A kangaroo court. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Okay, let's talk about Songs Act 2. Okay. Now, the opening of Act 2 is great. It's called The Apple Doesn't Fall Very Far from the Tree, mm-hmm. which is a great duet. Once again, Kenner and Ebb, so many great songs that work all by themselves or in cabaret. <laughs> like cabaret, you know yes. what I mean. Um mm-hmm. But... The show, some of their floppier flops are just it lacks a cohesion. I mean, I gotta s- that that makes the score a
1: show. I gotta say, the individual numbers and the overall arc of the numbers way better than Seventy Girls Seventy. That's that's a fact. Oh, that is an sure. undeniable fact. I will fight you about it. These sh- songs are better. These songs are better. Or the show is the show. I think is the better. entire thing's better
0: um okay oh yes 70 girls was pretty bad. bad this i didn't i mean it's the rink i mean this has a cult following we can't really shit on the rink like that. you can't badly. say cult
1: following because then it disqualifies it from being a flop
0: well also it's over 200 performances so we said 250 you know we've had this argument she's on the she's on the
1: cusp it's more of a flip
0: than or a, flop. a bootleg of stockard channing doing it i want to see that she does wonderful in the show she really is. I. She deserved the Tony. I feel bad for saying what I said before. She deserved it for this performance. Yeah. Uh, you can't do much with it, but, I mean, she was great. Phenomenal.
1: Uh, What's the next song? Get next me through song this is, album.
0: Uh, Jason Alexander has his breakout moment as good old Lenny, and he sings Marry Me, which is gorgeous. Which, he has a great song. Which voice. is
1: literally... <laughs> I was watching an interview with Jason Alexander about the rink, and... So the song, basically the only lyric is marry me. Marry me. Yeah, basically. Um, Marry me, won't you marry me? And then there's an instrumental, music swells, and he's supposed to sing again, marry me. Except he somehow forgot his lyrics, even though he'd been singing marry me for the last three minutes straight. uh, Started humming, and Cheetah on stage was just like, it's the same lyrics, dummy. Just yeah. said that. <laughs> okay. The the doubling with Jason
0: Alexander, the doubling doesn't work. The doubling is a big, bad part of the show. Jason Alexander has to be like, you know, Dino was the douchebag that she married first and Lenny's like the good guy that's too shy to ask her to be his wife until he finally gets the gumption. Like he's the good guy that she should mm-hmm. marry, but doesn't yeah. until it's too late. And then five seconds later, he turns around and he's like, some random member of the family it, talking as a completely different person it was
1: too quick Did you complain about this during come from away? No. But why? Because
0: the whole show is set up that way. It's like part of the performance. Okay. Everyone doubles.
1: But in this everyone except And, and you you're
0: in well you're in an interpretive space. Okay. I don't know. It was too, jo- it's too jarring to have like a sincere on the verge of tears young man singing marry me in falsetto and then walking in a circle and being like, hey, yo, when are you coming <laughs> down for a party? It's too, it's just jarring, yeah. especially because the men are not like grabbing a shawl and being a woman. They're going off and having a complete change of costume. And
1: look. Hey, yo, you wig. want to make DLT? The lettuce and the tomato doesn't get hot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I felt the same when I saw the Donna Summer musical that the, the changes, the women often played male supplementary characters, yeah. which is a fine thing to do, but the, the changes were so quick. It's like, I mean, I, I literally, they're fixing their wigs from the dance number they just ran off from, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That was poorly done, poorly executed. Um, there's a We Can Make It reprise. I really love that Mm -hmm. song. It's sad though because
1: they don't. Do you want to do a duet of it together? We can make it. They Um, never built a tower. Oh, we should start
0: doing that. These can be our mini episodes. We can sing duets. First up,
1: We Can Make It?
0: Get your troubles. Happy days.
1: Why (laughs) that one? quintessential duet. I was thinking more like, Summer Lovin', hand me a blight. For some reason, I'm... You should see
0: my face right now.
1: (laughs) For some reason, I'm Danny Zuko in this. I am grim... My
0: neck hurts. I'm grimacing at you so strongly. (laughs) Uh, Marla, no, 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 no. See, that's when I leave karaoke.
1: (laughs) I don't go to karaoke. I hate it.
0: I hate... When musical theater, you're gonna sing "Summer Love." I hate. Good night. What? My night has been I ruined.
1: I hate <laughs> when musical theater people in a show are like, "Let's go to the bar and do karaoke." <sighs> yes, let's go ruin every local's. Oh, Emily Seymour. Good night. <laughs> yep. Let's ruin every local's. In
0: go to bar. No, some songs are great. Like, you get up there and you sing And I Am Telling You or something, and that's mm-hmm. great. I love it. That's a surprise to people in the bar. But the, the other songs, no. the No. Mm-mm. Get the ego down off of the stage. <laughs> <clears throat> it's not what we yeah. want. We want you to make an
1: ass out of yourself. Yeah. Don't show up to the local dive bar and sing Defying Gravity. No, please don't. Ah. Nope. Nope. Did you nope. know you can end every song with that? and it works <laughs> in any case, yeah seriously Na- name, n- n- name a, <laughs> a, a famous musical theater song she's something I know I'm in
0: love I'm in love I'm in love I'm in love I'm in love with a wonderful guy ah! Ah! <laughs> that the guy's only doing it for some doll ah! a little too low just sarah sarah brown by herself sings that (laughs) at the end or is it adelaide it's adelaide it's it's probably adelaide it's nicely nicely hey you gotta know somebody (laughs) Uh, there's a song called mrs a which is annoying Mm -hmm. she got this is where like mrs a loses god right this is what, There's a sequence where she uh, she avows to, to be an atheist. She's like, I don't believe in God anymore. I think it's this song. From an
1: Italian, that's... Uh... <sighs> having played so having every... played the priest's son that leaves the church in Saturday Night Fever. I know for a fact. It's a big oh, deal. Yes.
0: Uh, an oft-repeated an oft story. Yep. Um, okay, so then after she loses faith in God, uh, Anna has... Sexual relations with every man in town, which Angel can hear through the wall during her formative mm-hmm. years. So then, then the ne- the next song is called "The Rink." You're gonna go around the, the, rink, the rink, the rink, and that's the boys again. And it's a, the breakout moment is it's quote unquote the roller skating number. It is the '80s after all. Every other show had a roller skating number. I, I mean, this show had to ha- also. Had I mean, one. I gotta
1: say, rink. It's called rink, the rink. Great name for a show. Rink rhymes with so many things. Rink, dink. Shrink, pink, uh, stink. <laughs> yeah, and like and like
0: sixty-seven other John, words. John, what does
1: Hamilton rhyme with?
0: Spamilton. <laughs> Sha- Shamilton. Um, okay, so we're almost at the end of the second act. There's a song called Wallflower, and Anna sings to Angel about how to approach boys, and Liza's playing like sixteen-year-old Liza instead of five-year-old Liza. It's 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 a little tiring. I'm tired already. It doesn't have a lot of, I don't know. It doesn't have a lot of sincerity. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Because I believe both women as actresses, but I don't believe the story. It must be the book, right? Yeah. Uh, Terrence McNally got torn apart for this one. Yeah. It's really, it's really, oof, oof. Um, And then, okay. So then second to last song is all the children in a row. That's Liza's last Mm -hmm. song. What did you think about that? Because Frank Rich had some words. It didn't
1: make my list of good or terrible lyrics, so...
0: Okay, Frank Rich described her last song in this way. Mr. Cander's discordant music for the final song sounds like Sweeney Todd played at the wrong speed. <laughs> as do- <laughs> As does the music for an equally preposterous number in which Miss Rivera angrily renounces her belief in God. Actually, All the Children in a Row is one of the most hilarious book moments, because during the song, Liza screams out the line, and I'm not kidding. Danny, you're too stoned to drive. Come
1: on, Danny, that's enough. We can make it. We'll survive. Danny, you're too stoned to drive.
0: Then she meets her papa, Vincent Minnelli, uh-huh. I mean Dino, and he's got a family of his own now and doesn't want to have anything to do with her, which you probably could have predicted. Yep. Um, he's like, nice to see you, bye. She tells him that she's pregnant, and he's like, all right, bye. And then the show ends. That's it, really? And she, come, she comes back, and they, they have like a sort of profound psychobabble moment where they forgive one another, and then... We're done. Oh, we and oh, and then Liza's uh, daughter yep. runs in, in a in a, a ragtime esque moment. Baby coal house. Hey, where's the? Has anyone seen the local baby coal house? <laughs> no, get the doll. Um, get the doll. Get the doll. That's it. That's the show. Gross. The only other lyric that I that I mentioned that I thought was um ridiculous was in Angels Rink and Social mm-hmm. Center. Uh, <laughs> Belgian waffle with fine falafel.
1: <laughs> I got that. <laughs>
0: It's so good. I'll have a more. Okay. Here's some other libretto garbage. I actually, so instead of lyrics, lyrics were good. I liked the songs, but the libretto, oh my God. Here's a line. Five-year-old Liza in like the first flashback. Played by adult Liza. Played by adult Liza. I have the best daddy in the whole world, and this is the most beautiful rink in the whole world. And then the mom says, and everything's forever and nothing will ever change. It's just so blatant. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Also, there's okay. So, like Dino's father is just like an Italian stereotype played by one of the wreckers. And at one point, he's like, oh, "Dino, what's wrong with you? Uh, Dino, this is this is our home. Uh, you dead to me? I have a no son." Oh just God. Like, oof. Terence. <laughs> like,
1: Terence, what on. are you doing? Okay, can we move on to critical reception?
0: Yes, it's time for some Estellar critical reception. Bingo back. All right. You ready? Here we go. Yes. Who do you got?
1: Jack O'Brien, The Asbury Park, Press. Give it to me. The Rink, as a musical play, is more than slightly tacky. Third rate in its libretto by Terence McNally, second rate in its words and music. Author McNally has provided a somewhat nasty little book full of cheerless <laughs> vulgarities, cheap and common relationships. Uh, here's uh, Jack O'Brien being a little bit of a prude. Okay. The rink needs fewer cheap, foul-mouthed characterizations that reduced its characters to worthless gutter snipes. The musical seemed intent on reducing any niceness the Minelli personality might have constructed attractively by several unfortunate scenes such as Wallowing in marijuana enjoyment and then sharing her pot with her mother. <laughs> okay. I thought if you I shared mean, your pot just... with your mother, would that's a touching moment. You you can you should
0: be able to write about real people on stage. Yeah. And the vulgarity, like whatever. It's the eighties at this point. Anyone that's still complaining about like
1: uh pot smoking and vulgarity, I please come oh, on. Oh, and one last thing from him, little swipe at Merlin. Cheetah proves she had it all in the rink in that her last season misfortune to have her talents disappear in, and with the considerable less-than-magical Merlin musical, was a foolish accident. Oh. This was right after Merlin. Okay, who you got? Don Nelson, The
0: Evening Sun, Baltimore, Maryland. Mm -hmm. Deposit your illusions at the door if you decide to see the rink. Minnelli appears exclusively in blue jeans and sweatshirt. Rivera wears one flower dress for two hours and seven minutes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Your turn. Uh, Robert Feldberg, The Record. Watching The Rink, the musical that opened on Broadway last night at the Martin Beck Theater, is like eating a slightly stale piece of cake with a delicious icing. What's hard to swallow is the story, a dreary, static recital of a mother-daughter story.
0: Um, Okay, I have uh, Benedict Nightingale, New York Times. Okay. The title of the article was Stage View, The Rink Succumbs to Charmless Predictability. <laughs> John, K- quote, John Candor has come up with some frisky, if not hugely original tunes, and Fred Ebb with some feisty, if not vastly inventive lyrics, but it is difficult to find compensating strengths in Terence McNally's decidedly unoriginal, uninventive book. Um, the only other one I have is Frank Rich.
1: Uh, I got two more. Uh, the Herald Statesman, Jacques Lessard. Quote, it's a down musical that never gets up. You want it to burst from its seams in Act 2 to let Miss Minelli shine. To let loose with some Broadway glitz. It doesn't. Late in the game, Cheetah and Liza get one dance duet, and it looks like a merry run-through for a number that should have been but wasn't. Yeah. Uh, Here is a candor and ebb score that virtually plagiarizes every other candor and ebb score you've heard. The act Mm. two curtain raiser is a nice duet for Mrs. Rivera and Minnelli called The Apple Doesn't Fall. It sounds precisely... Like a nice duet in Woman of the Year called The Grass Is Always Greener. Except that this time, the audience doesn't scream for an encore. Hmm. Last thing from him. The rink, in the end, is an amazing downer. A dispiriting waste of star power. Ooh, that's
0: so strongly. Jacques right, given I... them,
1: giving them the sword. Jacques le sword. Uh Let me do this last one and then you do frank rich Rich, give me um so i have simon saltzman of the daily record the name of his article liza and Sheeta can't save the rink from demolition quote it's a metaphor you Uh see
0: it's a many layered metaphor
1: the rink is definitely the best musical of the month that distinction carries with it the disheartening news that no other shows, plays, or musicals are scheduled to open on Broadway until March 1st. <laughs> okay.
0: Weak season.
1: McNally's script condescends to easy laughs that come from the setup punchline school of writing and to the stock and cliche arguments and resolutions that even daytime soaps avoid. Wow. That's harsh. That is harsh.
0: Frank Rich, New York Times, turgid, sour. <laughs> the show's running time is forever and a day. <laughs> no glossy Broadway professionalism can mask the work's phony, at times mean-spirited content, or give credence to its empty pretensions. It's impossible to care about anything on stage except Miss Rivera. And we Ooh. even lose some interest in her once she passes through a gratuitous dance number simulating a gang rape. Oof, he goes on. Terence McNally's book, Is a series of repetitious present day squabbles punctuated by flashbacks. Mr. McNally is a smart and witty playwright, but you'd never know it from this synthetic effort. (laughs) His dialogue is banal and his characters are ciphers. The rink is static because nothing specific or compelling is at stake for the two women. Strongly worded. I think it might sum the whole thing up. Frank Rich, (laughs) such a bitch.
1: Why did it fail? Because Liza was put in overalls. Liza wore overalls, end of show. Okay, so
0: Liza had like a mullet wig and dressed in the frumpiest way possible.
1: Yes. Um, Even Ebb, when looking back on it, said, quote, I think the casting of her was a fatal mistake. It's a second lead. It's a very schlumpy girl. Schlumpy. Yeah. (laughs) Schlumpy. She wanted to do a part. Where she could really be an actress on a Broadway stage, and that was what the public in general hated about it. People who came to see the show with Liza in it did not want to see Liza without Spangles. Right. Hey, the same thing when they came to see Lucy. Yeah, except she gave them what they wanted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Liza missing performances and being ill is also part of this whole thing. That has to have been part of why the show didn't run a little longer. Uh-huh. Although I'm sure Stucker Channing it was just, amazing, but this it was...
1: It just, just needed to claw its way a little bit further and we wouldn't be talking about it. Just a few more performances. Yeah. The stage
0: set looks so much like the world outside the theater. Like I said earlier, like you want to go into the theater and...
1: You um... want to see that roller skating rink alive. You want to see people... In skimpy outfits, you never do roller skating. You never do everything doing is coke done on off the, of the pinball machines. Yeah,
0: there were never any true moments of joy. There were never any warm f- familial moments. It was all a, a cipher, I guess, as someone said. Terrence McNally, what the hell? No, no, no. See, the reason day. Ragtime is such a good book is because it's literally just the book. Terrence McNally just put it in the right order. Yeah. You know, he cut the right things. He didn't write any additional material.
1: Mm. Uh, there's also the issue. There was a lot of mother-daughter bickering going on in other Broadway shows at the time. Oh, like what? Uh, So I have this quote from the New York Daily News. I have a lot of quotes tonight. Quote, Every so often, a number of plays dealing with the same subject suddenly turn up in the same season. A few years ago, for example, everyone on stage seemed to be dying of cancer in a hospital or rest home. This year one can tick off mother-daughter dilemma in shows ranging from musical comedy to drama there are doomsbury night mother brighton beach memoirs and painting churches currently playing that is a lot of mother daughter no one for a moment believes that a cabal of playwrights meets now and again to dictate the material for the coming season yet it often seems that a collective unconscious guides the theater to the same subject.
0: Uh, I think... Li- poor Liza. I love her so much. She was miscast. I mean, uh, several times in the translation, which... The translation. In the adaptation, she's referred to as fat or dumpy or schlubby uh, not. or whatever word. She's not. Also, like, ugly, plain, whatever. She She's Liza Minnelli. Like... Liza Minnelli's best when she's playing Liza Minnelli, so it's she's a, a, a good actress, but she's not good enough to play the opposite of what she mm-hmm. knows. Also, don't make Liza play a five-year-old. Come on. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, any other reasons? No, it, just like, I don't know. Baby Liza. Like, I didn't... Like, She's acting the whole time. She's, like, wide-eyed and being a five-year-old. But it's all very Mr. Carp's acting class, and I am not there for it.
1: <laughs> At any point, was um, she an ice cream cone?
0: No, no. but she's, like, being forced to, like, be a fa- the same height as Cheetah Rivera and playing
1: a five-year-old girl. <laughs> like, it just isn't. Come on. They should have given her, like, a farquad like costume, like, on her neck. No, ne- <laughs> I'm not.
0: Oh, my God. You're, uh, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to explain. Maybe we're getting too negative lately because I, I'm trying to explain why the show was not g- good, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, John Candor and Fred Ebb were really disheartened with the show's negative responses, as you can imagine. Uh, defending the show, John Candor was quoted as saying the show was, quote, the most complete realization of his intentions of any production he had oh, done. No. Can you believe that? I know. And Fred Ebb said, quote, every single element of it was exactly as we imagined. I mean, wow. Uh, Ebb goes on, up there on stage were two of my best friends, Liza and Cheetah. It was an overwhelming experience and when they weren't treated well, it was as if we had gotten attacked on the street. That show hurt me more than any show I've written. I felt that I had let them down.
1: (sighs) I could see that. Mm. Yeah. John Kander, Fred Ebb, Lena Horn. Okay, could it work today? What do you think? What do you think I'm going to say? <sighs> I think you're going to say the same thing I'm going to say, maybe regionally, not on Broadway because if it didn't work with Liza and Cheetah as the the stars, who the so f- what else if are you had get?
0: two what if you
1: had two names and the book was fixed? I just don't know what names could, I don't know. How who could be bigger?
0: What, what 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 two names did they throw together for the
1: for the Music Man? <laughs> like, it's just name two people, throw them up there, people will come. Hugh and Sutton. Uh, so let's say Sutton. Let's play. Have Sutton play Cheetahs part, and we'll have Hugh Jackman play Liza's part. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> let's not do that.
1: Can you imagine Hugh Jackman? I can't imagine Hugh Jackman up there, <laughs> Maybe like a five year old. Playing
0: Angel? Yeah. Okay. So, Hugh Jackman playing Liza Minnelli, playing Angel, (laughs) playing 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 her five-year-old self.
1: (laughs) It's so meta!
0: It's so meta. Okay, let's wrap this up. Um, Can the show work? Yes, I think so. Uh, The score has its following and its good songs the other other shows have been hacked to pieces with less numbers than this show has good mm-hmm. numbers you know uh with changes <coughs> to the book maybe somebody could rethink a way for the show to mean something more to us today mm-hmm. or something different i don't know it needs to be rethought for sure but i don't know with candor and ebb on the poster somebody's going to do it right
1: i mean that you could say the same about the act and woman of the year i mean it's it's
0: it's all it's all as relevant you know with the 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 themes of Mother-daughter and urban decay and accepting what is. Those are all, you know, universal things. Yeah,
1: I had a hard time believing that it didn't take place in New Jersey.
0: It does. It takes place in some unnamed Jersey Shore town. It's actually
1: New York, but I I thought it was It's the same town that
0: Bob Belcher and his family (laughs) are in. It's that unnamed, not any Jersey town with a Ferris wheel, but not that one. Although, and this is what I said in the beginning when I was like, is The Rink even real? Because someone describes The Rink as taking place in a Coney Island of the Mind. (laughs) The guide to musicaltheater.com describes the show in its synopsis as set in the Coney Island of the Mind. I have a question. I have a question. Coney Island
1: is not in New Jersey. (laughs) I have a question. (laughs) Yes, What? What smells worse, Coney Island or Coney Island of the Mind? Oh my
0: god, only one thing. What? The street outside the Martin Beck Theater in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why no one liked huh. the play.
1: Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Follow us on Instagram at flop heap or email us at show at flopoftheheappodcast.com to suggest our next flop. Like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or
0: wherever you happen to be listening, and be sure to leave us a comment. Really do leave us a comment. The Flop of the
1: Heap Podcast is researched, recorded, <laughs> and edited, and produced there's too many hands in there <laughs> by me. I did Marla Alpert. And me, John Bow. Learn more about how you can support our floptastic endeavors by joining us at patreon.com slash flop of the heap podcast.
0: For as little as $5 a month, you can be a flop... I'm always going to laugh at that now because we f***ed it up. We f***ed it up and told people it could be a dollar, and then people went on to donate a dollar, and they're like, oh, f*** you, $5, f*** you, and now we lost, like, half of our subscribers. Um, for as little as $5 a month, you can be a Flop of the Heap podcast supporter.
1: Until next time.
0: Don't mommy My dear, we're gonna go round